Welcome to Your Inspired Journey. I'm Carla Andrews, and I have the pleasure of being here with Jerrica Jett. She is a dating and love coach. She's really going to help us give, us give us a lot of great tips on how, to, especially for those who are 40 and up, but this is actually for everyone. If you're looking into finding your forever love, and I'm going to repeat that, your forever love, you must listen to Jerrica. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Carla. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk and dig into it. So let's do this. That's, that's exciting because I've, you know, you're, I, I, met, I have a lot of mentees in the younger age. I, uh, you know, mentor a lot of young ladies in regards to life, love, leadership, uh, just all, you know, all around about, you know, taking care of themselves and really, uh, of course, understanding that relationship is a big key to life. And be, being that we're saying about, you know, we're talking about relationships, of course, that includes your love life. Tell us about, uh, you know, just before we even go through all of this, tell us about who you are. Share, us, share, share to the world a little bit about who Jer Jerrica is. Well, I can kind of tell you about how I got to where I am today. I was married for 15 years and you know, my parents were divorced when I was younger. And so it was always my dream, my dream, my plan, my goal. I mean, I held onto this so tight. I wanted to have a lifetime commitment. I did not want to be divorced. That was in my mind, you know, since I was young, I was determined like to do that. And so I found myself at age 48. Well, to be to stay together it takes two people right so that's not always your choice and so my marriage ended when i was 48 and mm. you know first i had to go through all of that all of the divorce and the pain and all the things that go on with that and then i found myself well now i'm single what do i do like i'm 48 this is crazy and of course mm. since it, this was like a couple of years ago so this was like in 2018 um i thought well what do people do now to meet people? How does this work? Cause you know, 15 years of marriage, I'm not exactly out there meeting men. Right. So I'm like, I guess they do this online thing, you know, and somebody who's, mm -hmm. who's uh, 48, I'm kind of like, I barely know how to use the stuff and how do we do this? And I'm supposed to put a profile up and what is swiping? What do we do the left and we do the right. And so I, I found myself on a whole journey you know, looking for love again, because I did know that I did want that authentic forever love for mm -hmm. myself. So I have, I have a couple, a couple of questions. Do you mind being, you know, like, um, we, you, do you mind us digging a little bit deeper? Let's in go. The conversation? <laughs> All right. So I'm sure as you're mentioning, you got divorced mm -hmm. as the half of the marriage, do you feel that you've seen this coming or it just hit you all of a sudden? Well, of course, you know, it's kind of both, I think, for a lot of people. It's like in the moment, it, it feels like it hits you all of a sudden. And then you look back later and hindsight is twenty twenty, And mm -hmm. in a way, you can see the seeds for the divorce kind of like in, almost even from the first time we met or from even, you know, before we were married, all of those things, the way things were between us, 
kind of like led up to the end. That's why I'm so pa passionate about helping women learn to date because mm -hmm. I really believe it's how you start off mm -hmm. your relationship that leads to the forever love. So you mentioned about the seeds. Mm -hmm. Can you share some of those seeds? What were those seeds that led to that space? If you don't mind sharing. What happened was I just think it was unbalanced from the very beginning. And I think this is a really common thing for a lot of women is that we tend to, a lot of us tend to feel a little bit anxious or a little bit nervous in relationship. And especially at the beginning, right? When you don't really know what's going on. Do you like him? Does he like you? We feel a little anxious. We feel a little nervous. That usually leads us to kind of pursue him, to kind of chase after him in some way. Maybe that means calling him or texting him or, you know, what are you doing or why are you not calling me or pursuing him in whatever way. And, and I did that in the very beginning, not just with my marriage, but actually um, with like other boyfriends that I'd had before. Mm. And I always thought, well, it's like, I'm an independent woman. Like I can just tell a man I'm interested in him. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem was I didn't really leave space for him to show me how interested he was. Mm. So it started off with my interest being stronger. And since that's how it started off, that's kind of how the whole relationship went. And so that's why at the end of 15 years, like he was the one who wasn't interested. Hmm. And I was the one who was, you know, not wanting it to end because I didn't want to be divorced. And so how it started off is also how it ended. So do you feel that you, when you're saying that you were pursuing it harder than he was, it's almost as you're, what I'm hearing is you loved him more than he loved you. Oh, wow. That's not what is coming. Yeah. I, that's so hard to define. I'm not sure if I could say that. Um, I definitely was he doing did, or, or he more did. and I wanted it more. Yeah. I wanted him more. Did I love him more? Wow. You're getting deep with those questions, Carla. <laughs> hmm. it's, 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 it's good. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's those conversations um, as you're helping, you know, those who you're serving. These are questions that um, we're off record slightly, but, you know, you'll know when I jump back in. Um, these are the questions that they'll, they'll ask as they're listening to you. And this is what's going to help them connect with you. OK, so. I think, mm -hmm. go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What you were saying. I was just going to say, I think that you the, I think you probably hit the nail on the head there. I hadn't really thought about it, but I think I probably did love him more. Um, maybe that's hard for me to say, you know, it's okay. And it's okay. Maybe I didn't really allow him to love mm -hmm. me again. It's kind of this push pull. So if it's always my energy, then where am I kind of leaning back and allowing the love to come towards me? Mm-hmm. Because that that's so, where that's where I take responsibility for for creating the whole relationship and what ended up happening. So it's interesting about the dynamics of relationships. It's like you know if you know we can talk about this in so many different angles, right? It's like if I am if I am not your priority, you know, or, or how, how is that statement, right? You know, I will not be an option. I will be in a priority. 
or a, a way of if a person is not willing to commit to the relationship, even the beyond the love aspect, right? But the, even committing to the relationship and making it work, um, how much do we keep pushing to ensure that that relationship works if the other side, the other person is not putting the exact same effort or even more to make it work? Absolutely. So when you mentioned that you these some of these seeds, like what other what other signs were really prevalent into saying, you know what, now that I'm looking back, as I'm sharing this with my clients, these are different signs that they can look for. These are several signs that they can look for. Well, I Would definitely think um, because this this kind of like pursuing another kind of word for it or kind of what it turns into is overworking in the relationship. So mm -hmm. even this could be things like constantly thinking about him, constantly thinking, what does he need? So in marriage, this can even look like things like um, he needs, he needs doctor's appointments. I need to make those appointments for him and making plans. What can I do to make sure he's happy? It could be like, an, you know, he's happy today versus happy generally um, like if we're planning a trip, how can I make sure that trip is for him? So it's a lot of um, if, if feeling, feeling like you're overworking would be kind of one mm. of those alarms. Um, and the other thing that kind of goes, again, right with that is a feeling of resentment usually is what kind of follows is like, oh, my wow. gosh, I'm doing all this work. And you're thinking in your mind, at least I was like, this is going to come back to me or or, you know, he's going to do this for me too. And I'm willing to do it first, kind of what it was, what I was thinking. And so then you end up getting resent, resentful. But mm -hmm. the way I'm trying to look at it now is by taking responsibility instead of being, instead of like blaming him and saying like, oh, well, he mm -hmm. should have done more. He should have done more. I'm really asking the questions like, did I allow him to do more? Did I, well, did I leave that space for him to do more? Or could it be that a lot of times uh, we're doing more because there's that void there. And so we fill that void by doing more. If that makes sense. A so void or like an anxiety. Yeah, an anxiety of, of, of wanting the, we, we're looking for that verb. Ver, love is a verb. So we're looking mm -hmm. for that action. And so because there's no action, subconsciously we're saying, well, maybe if I take some action, something will come back and return. And so if, the, if it doesn't return, the, the you know reciprocation is key here, right? If it doesn't return, and that's when that resentment kicks in. It's like, wait, I just did all of this for our anniversary, or and mm -hmm. all I get is the, the cake. The cake is cold, you know. You know, so, you know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I mean, I see what you're saying. It's like we have to pay attention as to if I'm just as committed, um, is that person just as committed to the relationship, or am I overworking for the sense of I'm afraid if I stop, nothing will happen. Exactly. It's that fear and mm -hmm. that fear and anxiety. They're kind of right together. And instead of like looking at myself with, you know, what's going on with this anxiety or what's going on with this fear, am I willing to feel that? Am I willing to be in that, which I wasn't really willing to be in that. So I kind of mm -hmm. pushed those feelings down 
by pursuing him. Hmm. It's, it's almost a way to numb the fear, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It, was a numbing, it was a numbing of the fear because- And to try to take control. That's yeah. you know, another way of putting it, I guess, to trying to control the situation, trying to make it so that we would stay together. Let me ask you this. Do you feel that, because you mentioned the first thing you mentioned that you, you, you come from a divorced family. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that anything that happened in the past as, as a child place you in the mindset of I need to take control or I need to ensure so this doesn't happen, what happened into our family? Like, do, did you find, because I come from a single mom also. And so, and so I know exactly what you're saying with that. How did you, how did you transfer that information into? It's, it's interesting because uh, I think regarding... when I was younger, I, I saw it as a positive that I was determined to stay together. I saw it as like, mm-hmm. I had grown up in a divorced home. So I saw it as a motivation and I saw like my determination was so strong. I saw that as a strength. Mm-hmm. And so I really leaned into that. And then, of course, now looking back, because I was unwilling to consider the option that it might not last Mm. or to consider that, because I was unwilling to look at that, again, it's kind of like pushing away that feeling, that feeling of fear, the fear that it might not last. So it it was like, it was like a defensive posture, I guess, Mm -hmm. against Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. I had what I had experienced growing up. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because even though we're, t- you know, we're sharing as to the lessons that we're learning, right. As a woman, that doesn't mean that he is not responsible, right. The, the, mm. our significant other is not re- responsible for what's happening into the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's great that, okay, you're from a divorced family. It's great that you're pushing hard, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't push hard. So I think we need to make sure we clarify that <laughs> so that it's not like you're just taking off. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we've learning lessons, but sometimes we have to be careful that we don't place a lot of the blame on us because it's, yes. it's really a two-sided, you know, once the person made the commitment to marriage and the a long-term relationship, which is what marriage is, then there are some, there's work to be done. There, there are, you know, re- relationship duties, as you know, I want to say that possibly, like you're saying, he didn't do. And it, if anything, it, it, what you try to do is that you look like you, I don't want to say overcorrect, but you were trying to, to, you know, compensate for, for his lack of what he didn't bring to the relationship. Yes. I think overcorrecting, it's interesting. That's connecting too. So I was kind of overcorrecting from my parents' divorce and mm-hmm. not having, uh, you know, growing up in an intact home, I overcorrected for that. And then, yeah, the kind of like the less he would do, I would overcorrect and I would do more. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't take it, take it away from, he could have still said, okay, you know, don't worry. You don't have to cook eight times, so, uh, you know, eight times a week you know, eight, eight, no, eight days a week. Uh, why don't I take you out? You know what I mean? It, that doesn't yeah. mean, you know what I mean? It's like the person still was able to, you know, the person was still able to come in and, and view you for who you are, for how special you are mm-hmm. and say, no, honey, 
you don't have to cook this Friday night. Let me take you out and give you a special day or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but if that if if we're filling the hole, but what what you're saying is if we're constantly filling that hole, we'll never find out. Right. If that commitment is even in there. Right. Yeah. So true. So 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 any other seeds that a person who is looking into whether it's your first love or your second love, second marriage, any type of seeds that a, a, a woman should pay attention to as they're going into a loving relationship, a healthy, loving relationship. Let me put the word healthy in there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. A healthy, healthy, I always say authentic, really bonded connection. That's yeah. what I find women talking about a lot. They want like a real, you know, a real connection. Definitely not settling. Uh, one mm -hmm. of the things I think is really interesting, I don't know if this started changing in the 50s or the 60s, but it's like we got away from this of actually dating. I kind of think, and maybe this is just my fantasy, but I kind of think about my grandma's day and I kind of think of, you know, they thought like courting and like, I kind of think about women in those days, didn't they like have a couple boyfriends and then they, you know, one of them would kind of shine through and people don't want to date anymore. They want to just meet and go right to a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. And I would see that as a red flag because again, this kind of um, ties back to that same idea of you want to see it, how, you know, is he interested in you? How interested is, is he actually? Are you just mm -hmm. kind of convenient for him that he's like willing to be with you? Or does he like really want to be with you? And when you allow you know whether it's talking to different men meeting different men this doesn't necessarily mean you actually like have relationship with different men but that you are yeah. open to talking to different men and actually going through this dating process where you're taking your time and taking it slow and being in that uh kind of you know it's it's a little uncomfortable being in dating but that's where you find out where where your own commitment is you know how much do you want to be there and you find out how much he wants to be there and you find out so much about each other it's a really really important um stage to go through and the funny thing mm -hmm. is is when we look back like once we're in relationship we look back to the beginning and it's like oh that, the, those were such good times back in the beginning back when we were falling in love but when we're in that moment of of falling in love and sometimes sometimes going over bumps. We, we don't really want to be in that uncomfortable part mm -hmm. where things aren't sure. And we don't know if we like him. We don't know if he likes us. So that's yes. why <laughs> I believe it's important to help, to, to help women and kind of go with them hand in hand through that process mm -hmm. as a process. And think, yeah. And, and, and it's interesting that you mentioned, right? It's a process building a relationship whether it's in business and life and love is built it's a process and i think somewhere and you're you're correct uh because i you know i do you know speak with a lot of young ladies and i'm in people our age right people of, of different ages uh somewhere along the line the timeline sped up so yes it used to be you know three months you know you you would talk with someone, find out their last name, <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many dogs they have, how many cats in the family, right? You know, where, where the family is 
actually from? All of those great questions. I think we literally like bypass the assessment of a relationship. Exactly. And assessment. a lot of, right? And a lot of in, in situations have happened to the point where I've spoken with people that have been in relationships only to find out that they were related because they didn't wow. even take the time to assess. We're may, we may be family members. Yeah. <laughs> so, but how can you know that if you, you meet, you know, a person in the club or you meet, you know, I'm not just saying you the club it's anywhere at, at, right. at a conference, a club, it doesn't matter or, or the cafe, it doesn't make, matter. Right. But by the time you, you know, you, it goes for, and, and I don't know if it's part of, you know, the way that social media portrays love, you know, everything is Monday by Monday, you see the person Tuesday, you're married and Wednesday, you have a cute infant in your arm, you know, type of <laughs> mind frame. And so we we're losing track on the timeline, the real, as you mentioned, real timeline that it actually takes to build a relationship and you're you're right on with that is is i think we need to do that more where in any relationship really find out a little bit about the person before jumping you know figuratively or literally in bed with them really exactly and taking a breath taking it slow enjoying mm -hmm. it you know when yeah. did dating stop being fun like, isn't this supposed to be yeah. fun? You know, you're flirting and you're, I don't know. Yeah. And you got butterflies and you're winking at him and maybe he's winking at you or, oh, there's another guy over there. What's going on? Like, when did that stop make, being fun? Make it an adventure. Really? You're right. Make it an adventure. And if, especially if this is going to be a person that you look for to be, you know, for you, you know, in your life forever, right? The forever love. So I think mm. it's, uh, it's worth it. It's and worth that's it. what I talk a lot to my clients too, as well is, like I said, they mm. want this authentic connection, this bonded connection. They want a real connection. They want it to be forever. And at the same time, they want to meet somebody. And then that day be in a committed relationship, you know, skipping over this dating phase. And those two things don't really go together. So if, you know, if mm. you're just willing to be just with whoever and settle and you don't really care who it is, which of course, we all care who it is, and that's going to have a huge impact on whether it's successful. But then we just got to take it slower, let it grow. You don't plant a seed. We talk about seeds. You don't plant a seed and then have a tree the next day. <laughs> you water it, and you put some fertilizer, and you come back in a week, and you look, oh, what's going on? Uh-oh, it's looking too dry, and take it the joy, The joy of doing it, yeah. So it is, uh, what inspired you to take this journey? I, I, I hear your experience. I hear, you know, what have happened to you, but what made you take it to that path where now you become a dating coach? So I just feel, it's like once I, once I was in that position where I was 48 and I was single and it kind of started with, with trying to figure out what to do with online dating, but I ended up mm -hmm. really going on a whole learning journey and learning more about what are women like, what are men like, mm -hmm. how do these relationships work? And I learned so many things that I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't what I learned in the magazines. This is what, what I learned in the, you know, movies or what my girlfriends would say. This is completely mm -hmm. different. And it was just a completely different way of looking at things 
and doing things. And it was just this huge, like, aha, like what? Why didn't somebody tell me this before? And I guess wow. that's where the passion really came from inside me to share this with other women. Cause I'm just like, somebody needs to get the news out. You know, we need to be talking about this. That's fantastic. And I'm sure a lot of people are benefiting from that because, you know, learning, like you said, the hindsight, right? If you can learn something that you can avoid, it can mm -hmm. totally save you a whole lot of headache, a whole lot of time, a whole lot of energy. And so to learn uh, uh, really about the importance of really just assessing your, your relationships right from the beginning. And I think it'll, it'll put you in a position of success, right? Would you agree with that? Exactly. And success and then, in relationship. Yeah. That forever and I'm sure love. that forever love. Now, I'm sure we will both agree that sometimes you could do everything in the book and still on the other side, right? It takes two. Absolutely. Uh, that person is not, you know, connected to that because you may get this whole perfect picture up front only to find out, you know, I've, you know, you, I'm sure we both have heard stories where six years later, something totally derailed it. Mm -hmm. Would you, yeah, right? Yeah, and but, that's but, where when you start it off right, when I say starting it off right, like starting it off in balance, right, where you're, mm -hmm. um, you're allowing him to give to you or to show his interest in you. And of course, you're also giving to him and showing your interest in him. I'm not saying that that part's not there. But when you yeah. start out in balance, and um, I work with my clients as they're as they're starting and to stay in that balance, but that never goes away because mm -hmm. you could be with someone for five years. You could be with someone for 10 years. You still want to keep maintaining that balance. You still don't want to be the one who's, you know, controlling and making it work and making you stick together. It still has mm -hmm. to be both. So that's why when you start off with that balance, it's easier to maintain it and to know, to, to watch for it because for myself, like I had said, I started off, you know, really pursuing, 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 right? So after I learned these tools, you know, now I have a new boyfriend and it's completely different with him, but I'm still, this, I'm still me. So I still have to watch out for those same tendencies that I had to kind of um, want to like make things stick together or to pursue him or to do more and needing to like lean back and allow him to show me what he wants. So it's, it's, it never goes away. We're still alive. We're still here. We're still yes. human. It's just human. And, and, and it's, it's, it's great that you mentioned, right? Uh, now that you're adding all of the different, your tools into play that you're literally seeing the results of what it is that you've learned from, you know, past lessons any tips or advice that you can share with, with us as to how to ensure a great connection right from the beginning? Well, one of the tools that I teach, which is basically, we've kind of already talked about it, but it, you know, it does have a name called lean back. So mm. uh, like I, you know, I, we kind of touched on it before, but a really, really common dynamic is to kind of, uh, let's say that you're maybe in early dating. This actually happened to a client of mine uh, this week. So she'd been dating this guy for four or five weeks and for whatever reason, his communication kind of dropped from mm. where it had been. Not that he like disappeared, but he wasn't texting as much. He wasn't calling as much. He wasn't, you know, pursuing. That's what I mean by pursuing. He wasn't pursuing her as much. 
what happened, which is the same thing that happens for all of us as women is, you know, she got anxious, she got scared. So she started noticing like all these, um, she wanted to like create drama to like bring him towards her. She wanted to kind of accuse him or like, you know, Hey, how come you haven't been like contacting me as much? So, but then she kind of remembered because of the work that we'd done together. She's like, wait a minute, lean back. So what that meant was not blaming him because he maybe just wasn't texting as much. I mean, this, this wasn't like he had completely disappeared. I should clarify that. He, it was just kind of less. So she, mm -hmm. she leaned back and she's like, wait a minute, let me just take a breath here. He's not done anything wrong. He's just a little less attentive. He's got something going on. I don't know what it is, but he kind of needs to figure that out. I need to turn to myself again, lean back, turn to myself, look at this anxiety and look at maybe some of the thoughts that I'm having. So that's interesting. I'm kind of like wanting to blame him or I'm wanting to create this drama to bring him towards me. So even mm. just thinking about those things, journaling about those things, uh, maybe she went and talked to some friends and did some other things, whatever kind of things you want to think of for self-care, not in a mad huff, <laughs> like what, you know, he's not doing this fine. I'm going to go over here and get a pedicure. Not like that, but a more curious, why am I thinking mm. this? Why am I feeling this? So this gave space then for him to come back to her. And then she wasn't mad. She wasn't angry at him because she had just been taking care of herself, filling up her own cup, leaning back. Mm -hmm. That's what the tool is called. Um, so then when he came back, she's like, oh, hey, you know, how's, how, how are you doing? And she was just mm -hmm. welcoming and open. It wasn't a problem. And because what, we, what happens when we go into that anxiety and we, do, and we lean forward is we, we end up creating a problem. We end up creating yeah. a drama. We end up creating that. And so just by kind of taking a breath and leaning back, the whole thing really wasn't that big of a deal. It was just mm -hmm. him needing a little bit of space. He had some stuff going on and needed to kind of deal with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's, so it's, that's the tool. it's not back. like there were, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how you mentioned the word tendencies. So we're ha we have to pay attention to our tendencies or sometimes trauma, tendencies yeah. or trauma from the past. And then we're bringing it into the next relationship. Mm -hmm. So that was very helpful for her to pay attention to that and, and hold, you know, hold that, hold that in place and allow it to nurture itself or have him come and pursue versus she's technically really what she was doing is like pursuing it. If she didn't see right. that, if the gap started opening, she was trying to fill it up with, like you said, drama or something. But or, what she, you the, know. The, the way that kind of clued her into this is how she was feeling. So she started mm -hmm. noticing, like, I don't like myself right now. I don't like these thoughts and, that I'm having and this feeling and this graspiness. And like, I'm wanting to create drama. Like, I don't like drama. And so she was noticing these things about herself. So when she turned to herself and, you know, did some journaling, did some thinking, she just kind of relaxed. Then she was liking where herself was. And then, so then when he came back, then she was not feeling anxious, not feeling graspy and needy, and it could just flow. And it's, and it's, it's interesting because I know you were, we were talking before the, you know, before we, we started taping about your uh, journal. You have a forever love journal. Uh, I, oh, I love journaling and I'm always doing a lot of journaling. 
I love journaling. So I, I think it is really important um, be, so that we can look at what are our motivations, what are our feelings, what are our thoughts. Especially at times like this, right? When she, while she was waiting, she was journaling. That was interesting. Exactly. And I actually have some, some specific journal prompts that I suggest for my clients when dating. And that also mm. ties into kind of the red flags so that we don't conveniently ignore, or I call them sometimes yellow flags when they're like, hmm, this might be a little off. And sometimes we can conveniently forget those, and, but they kind of add up. And so when you journal, you're like, I noticed this, this, this thing happened. I wonder about that. And then you kind of, you have it written down. You can trust yourself more. I'll go from there. Yeah. I love it. Any last advice that you can share with, with us in regards well, to Well, I would love to share a free resource that I have for women about meeting men. Because if, you, if you're interested in this whole kind of idea of abundance of men and actually going through the process of dating, and when you, when you have more men around you also, that helps lower that anxiety that we've been mm. talking about through this whole call. So I do have a free re resource uh, to offer over at lovecoachjerica.com. And it's basically about how to take those first steps in that positive way. So I'd love to offer that to everyone. And so you say your website is love, lovecoachjerica.com. Beautiful. I love it. And so in general, Jerica, how do you serve others? Well, I have a program called 90 days to forever love. And I walk with my clients through this whole process of dating through the, you know, am I pursuing him? Is he pursuing me? Should I text him back? Should I not? And I work one-on-one -on -one with my clients over a period of 90 days. And so the, uh, the idea is to get into that abundance, to be willing to meet different men, get to know different men, talk to them, see who they are, get to know them, see who you, know, who you vibe with, who you don't, what does he do, what does this other man do? And in that 90 days to find a serious mm. contender for that authentic connected relationship that we've been talking about. I love and, it. You know, along uh, that journey of 90 days too, it's so much self, it's so much of a journey into yourself and learning who mm -hmm. you are, what are your feelings, what is this anxiety all about, all, all kinds of things come up. So if you could, if you could share one thing with your younger self, what uh, would it be? There is another way hmm. and you don't have to do everything. <laughs> that's key and having going like being able to go through that 90 day journey with you I can see where I mean that is so important because the 90 days can literally give you that forever love with someone for 90 years oh absolutely Isn't that, worth, that, that is so worth it I mean mm -hmm. we may look at it some, some of us may look at oh gosh that's that's a long time but if we can't give ourselves 90 days to really do a self-discovery of who we are, who, who we should love or how we love or how we should be loved, then I don't know what to say for the 90 years of trauma. <laughs> exactly. It goes back to what we've talked about that on the yeah. one hand, we want this 
amazing, connected, authentic relationship and bond mm -hmm. forever for that 90 years. But we kind of, I guess, from movies, we kind of expect to just happen with magical fairy dust. Mm. And so magical what I'm all dust. about is let's take a journey inside you. And then as you get to know him, different, different triggers will happen and you'll get to know yourself. A lot of it is a journey of yourself, a journey into you. And then it's how you connect with that other person. Right. And love that person. Well, thank you, Jericho. This has been fantastic. I'm sure there's been a lot of golden nuggets that you know a lot of us are, are, are grabbing from. And really, it comes down to loving yourself before you can love anyone else. And paying attention, right? Paying attention to those assessment, uh, assessing yeah. yourself exactly. of how you love. Well, thank you so much for having me, Carla. This is a really great conversation. And I learned a few things myself. <laughs> so I hope that I can provide some inspiration out there that it is possible. There is another way to be and you don't have to do all the work. <laughs> I love it. And so thank you again. Thank you, Jerrica. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you. You're, you're so, you were, this was a treat for both myself and like Jerrica mentioned, we learned so much, even with each other. Sometimes just having these conversations. Being on well on, on your inspired journey is really a way to elevate, not only about learning about others, but even about yourself. And so the message that I got from Jerrica today was be a flower. A lot of times we want to be the bee and jump from flower to flower all over the place and do the pursuing. Sometimes focus on you. Work on your aroma that you smell so good that they come your way. With that, I'm Carla Andrews. I wish you well. <laughs>